Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Next Tuesday, there's an auction for laser cutter machines, downdraft tables, tools, toolboxes, high-reach equipment, storage containers, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos up in Blackhawk. They always have great promotions, great giveaways. This time, they are giving away Mustang Ford RTR or nearly $28,000 in cash the weekend of Friday, March 8th. Get to pick the prize that you want. Get on up there. See how you can win. Check out the really cool sports book. Outstanding menu that's only 99 cents. And really loose slots. Sasquatch and Wildcard, a family-owned casino that treats you like family. Good morning. How are you? Top of the morning, my friend. Good uh, Tuesday to you. Yeah, good Tuesday. Good Monday night last night. Yeah, it was a good Monday night. Good night for the uh, Nuggets. Yep. Uh, nice win against a very capable team. A team that's going to be there deep into the playoffs. Yep. So, and they won it in an intriguing way, which I think is is always fun to be able to talk about the next day. And a little bit of history. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Nuggets beat Milwaukee last night. Michael Malone, 400th career win, and Malone wins it number 400 the way he would want to win it with defense. Bucks came in the league, second best offense in the league. 124 points a game. Nuggets win 113-107. We're going to talk about Marine Jokic in a minute. But let's talk about the bench, the way the game started. The the Nuggets, even Malone, said it after the game. We just, we didn't have our sea legs Mm -hmm. or we didn't have our altitude legs or the starters didn't come out with any passion or any fire. Uh, Jokic looked a step slow, to say the least. It's not that he wasn't engaged. He just looked off. And the team was suddenly down 26 to 13. And here comes the bench. That's not a phrase we have said very often this year. Watson, Brown, Jackson were excellent. Um, You got DeAndre Jordan, who came into the game. Watson, Brown, Jackson, all plus 10. Better or better for the game. And that's better than all the starters. Yeah. And very unusual. Very unusual. You do not see those types of numbers inverted the way that you did last night. You had a lot of negative numbers on the plus minus uh, other than uh, Jokic. Um, And usually there's a lot of negative numbers in the plus minus off the bench. Last night was arguably their best bench game of the season. Yes. And, and scoring as well. They did all right. They, they, they did. They, they, contri- scored, they contributed. Okay. They contributed. You know, Eric, I was sitting there thinking after the game in New York, which was abysmal, but I don't want to say predictable or understandable. The last in a five-game swing through the East, it looked to me like they just didn't show up for that game. Then they played really a very underwhelming, uninspired game against Philadelphia. And then you're sitting there looking at, what, 26-13 or whatever it was, the numbers early, and you're thinking, what the hell is going on here? So the bench gave them, and this is a very rare thing to say, 
a real infusion of not only energy, but of competitiveness. Um, They swung the game back into a more competitive situation in which the starters were then able to take care of their business. But then again, and even that was in a very atypical fashion. It wasn't an efficient game with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. They ended up being productive, but it wasn't efficient like they normally are. So it was a very interesting game that I think Michael Malone is probably very happy to have had, not just because you won, but because you've got three great performances, not good, great performances off the bench. Big. When you uh, gamble on games, Mm -hmm. like I do every once in a while, you tend to see things a little bit differently. Um, I lost my wager, but one of my legs of the parlay was Murray hitting three three pointers. Yeah. So I'm keeping an eye on I, this, I don't blame you. Right? Sure. He didn't hit any. None. And I'm thinking, how many times has this season how many times this season has he not hit a three pointer? And so I looked it up. And the only reason why it occurred to me was because I bet on him hitting threes. Had I not bet on the game, <laughs> I probably wouldn't think of it wouldn't have taken that guy i'm not encouraging people to gamble but it made me think about it Mm -hmm. there were three other times this season in which he did not hit a three-pointer in a pair of game in one of the games he he only played like 10 minutes yeah so i'm not gonna even count that right but in the other two games he was 0 for 6 in both games Mm. in this case he shot up a three early in the game then didn't even bother Done for the rest of the game. All right. In those two games, he scored 15 and 20. In this game, he was highly efficient with his mid-range jumper. He was highly efficient driving to the lane. Got to the rim. Uh, Malik Beasley, former teammate, was all over him. And I think it was one of those games where those, those two guys went back and forth in practice where Murray said, and I wish I would have realized this before I put down a few dollars on it that maybe Murray looked at Beasley and said, remember what we did in practice? I'm not settling for jump shots. Yeah. Nothing's I'm, changed. I'm not settling for threes. You, you want to guard me tight. I'm going to drive right by you every single time. And I'm not going to play at times lazy basketball, not to suggest that three point shooters are lazy. Cause he's they, a good three point shooter, but I hear where you're excellent. Three point right. shooter. Yeah. A lot of guys who shoot threes don't want contact and just want to hang around the perimeter mm-hmm. and wait for the ball to come to them. Murray was incredibly aggressive last night and scored 35 with no three-pointers. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah, 9 of 10 from the line and he was and now he was efficient. Yes. He was very efficient with his offense. Jokic and Jokic wasn't this was a this was an atypical night for Nikola Jokic. He's had about four or five of these games where I mean, and we're and we're gonna we're gonna moan about twenty five points and sixteen rebounds and twelve assists and three steals and three steals. Yeah, very very well done. Two Any, blocks, two blocks as well. Anybody who has that line score, and not anybody, I would say that eighty percent of the league of the players. Mm-hmm. If they had that line score, oh, that would be their career high water. Yes, mark. yeah, that and, would be the game that they'd remember ten years later. And for Jokic, you can make the case 
It was certainly his least efficient, as you said, mm-hmm. offensive game in a while. Yeah. Not in a while, but but he wasn't great. No. But what you look at, what you see with Jokic is, which I don't, and this is what makes him great. This is what makes him, in my opinion, the best player in the league. And I have said this before. I think Joel Embiid is the most gifted, talented player in the league. Mm -hmm. Physically gifted and talented. And he can beat you up defensively, and he can score on you all day. Right? Right. Defense, for the most part, is always going to be there for a player. If they're a high-intensity defensive player. But on the offensive end, what is Embiid really going to do for you if a shot isn't falling? Yeah. He'll get you some rebounds, I suppose. Some. Okay. Yep. Uh, But Jokic statistically is a better rebounder. Mm -hmm. But Jokic can can kill you in other ways when a shot isn't falling. Of course. And I don't see the same thing with Embiid. No. No, the compare and the contrast, and I know we're going to get into more of that, and that's fine. But as it relates to last night, Nikola Jokic played 40 minutes. And, I, and, and I'm thinking afterwards, he had 40 minutes and had such a huge difference in the game that you would say after 40 minutes, he didn't play particularly well in. I would, I would absolutely argue that when you watched him play yesterday, he didn't look overly impressive mm-hmm. for him. But no. then... It's kind of like when you watch Jokic play, and I know that I'm dating myself here, if you're standing at a pinball machine for 12 minutes and the ball's just going around and around and around, and then you look up, you're like, how the hell did I get all those points? But if you're standing there for 12 minutes, you're going to rack up a lot of points. Lots of them on one quarter. Just totally dated myself there. All right, though. And that's Jokic. Yes. That before you know it, you're like, how the hell did he get 16 rebounds, 12 assists, three steals, and two blocks? Because all you're watching is him not bricking shots, because that was, although he did airball one. He did, and he was one for six from deep, and that's unusual for him. But he shot, but he was a volume shooter last night. He took 25 shots. Right. So, and we are all, all of us, most of us, um, as basketball viewers, are tied into scoring. And that's why people are so enamored, and rightfully so, with Embiid. Sure. People forget that Joel Embiid, over the last two months, is averaging nearly 40 points a game. Mm -hmm. Let me say that again. Not too many guys average nearly 40 points a game. And we'll get into the whole thing that he's probably not going to win the MVP. And for everybody calling... Joel Embiid, a guy who's afraid of Jokic. Well, I'm sure you didn't write out an apology card, but you sounded like a jackass. We'll tell you why next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. 
A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. I think if they do a music video, Alex, for the romance between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, this should be the song for the playoffs only. Because this is the power of love, don't you think? I think so. Yeah. This has got to be the one. Now, I'm sorry that on the Denver Airwaves, I brought up, you know, God forbid, the most popular and arguably one of the most recognizable people in the world, Taylor Swift again, in the Denver market. But did you see that her worth to the NFL was something like three hundred and thirty-six million? Yeah, I have it. Uh, three hundred thirty-one and a half million was the brand value because she went to games. Right. Since uh, early or back in September, since right. she started coming. Right. That's incredible. And people are saying, "I'm tired of seeing Taylor Swift," and the NFL is doing this on purpose. If you owned a business, wouldn't you? Seriously. Of course. Wouldn't you? Although I, I, I do have news for people out there i did some quick math if taylor swift does wind up going to the super bowl and we we don't know if she is going to be able to make it i personally am waiting with bated breath to see if she will be able to be there will there be a betting line on it actually there actually is i'm sure there is no there is in canada i saw There, there is a betting line um with odds Will the most valuable player of the Super Bowl mention Taylor Swift's name? Wow. Now, if Kelsey wins it, I have very little doubt you're going to you're going to win your bet if you say mm-hmm. yes. Right. Patrick Mahomes, I am not so sure. Yeah. Yeah. But with that, for as big of a conglomerate and a movement that is the Swifties, they're actually outnumbered this time. Because I was talking to my wife about the Super Bowl, and I said to her, I think the majority of the country wants San Francisco to win because they're just so tired and they have Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs fatigue. When you look at the concerts that she did only in the United States, over 10 million people went to go see her concerts in the United States. And with roughly 336 billion people in the United States and the majority of the country probably cheering for the 49ers, the Swifties, which is a pretty big voting block, Mm. would be outnumbered roughly 36 to 1. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. But I digress. Yeah. Roller Auction's Twitter feed is open at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman Tuesday. Uh, there's an auction for laser cutting machines, downdraft tables, tools, toolboxes, high-reach equipment, storage containers, and more. Auction is open at rollerauction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com. Backslash MHS. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Castle Rock Men's Health and Castle Rock and Aurora. See why Eric only trusts his health with Dr. Lee at Castle Rock Men's Health. There's a great book by Dr. Richard Carlson called Don't sweat the small stuff. And I'm guilty at times of sweating the small stuff. Like when people do or say things and it really becomes a burr in my saddle. On Saturday, 
I had a huge burr in my saddle when Nuggets fans were saying, Joel Embiid is afraid of Nikola Jokic. And that's why he didn't play. We come to find out that through multiple reports, through highly seasoned and reliable NBA reporters, that Joel Embiid desperately wanted to play in the game on Saturday. He knew the importance of it on national television going head-to-head with Nikola Jokic. But apparently, when he was warming up, he could barely warm up. Nigel, you were at the game on Saturday. You were there early enough to watch Embiid warm up. What did he look like to you? He looked very stiff. Um, he was taking a lot of jump shots. He wasn't really running at all. I didn't see him ru- or even really lightly jog. Um, yeah, that knee was definitely swelling up, and it limited his mobility. So when you heard that he was a late scratch from the game, did that surprise you at all? Seeing him warm up, no. But I was definitely I was definitely disappointed, but it didn't no, I know. surprise me. Right. No. Okay. I, I know you were disappointed, but when you watched him warm up, and then he was scratched from the game, and you heard all these catcalls from the arena that Embiid is dodging Jokic. What did you think? I, I thought it was pretty ridiculous, to be honest. I thought is it because you is it because you saw him warm up, or is it because you just thought it was ridiculous in general? Both. Thank you, thank you for the on-site reporting. I am so glad that that uh, Bruce, you and I sprung. $800 for courtside tickets. So Nigel can file that report. There you, yes. Finally, <laughs> finally sending Nigel courtside to games. Yeah, paid off. Finally, finally <laughs> paid off. With that, Embiid's lead over Jokic to win the MVP award on FanDuel has completely disappeared. Last week, when he scored 70 and 18 against the Spurs, he was the favorite. He was the favorite to win the award. Now, He is third, and Jokic is first. With that, I think some will say, well, the reason why, you know, it's flipped around is because Embiid is scared. No, he didn't play last night either. And I don't know if he's going to be playing in his next game. He is losing opportunities to stay eligible. I think he's only got five games left, doesn't he? That's it. I think that's the math, right? Five games, he can only miss miss five five more more games. Right, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a narrative that I like am sick of before it even gets going. We spent way too much time on it last year, but rightfully so you had, uh, Kendrick Perkins kind of swinging the vote, uh, or at least appearing to swing the vote. And, and we are, by the way, still at the end of January there's 30-some-odd games left to be played. Yep. This thing will swing wildly back and forth. Um, if Joel Embiid is eligible for the MVP under the new mandates by the NBA, I have no doubt that he will be the MVP. I have no doubt either. And you know what? I just don't. I I, I could see casting a vote for him. Sure. I, I, the I, guy's averaging yeah. about 40 points a game over the last two months. Here's his problem. And his road is littered with potholes. The 49ers have another, the 49ers, the 76ers, I'm getting all my numbers mixed up. Mm-hmm. I'm dyslexic in a, in, in a way where I'm reading things backwards, but I'm not even getting the numbers correct. You're good. Right. 
a four and a nine and a seven and a six, even that doesn't make sense to me. The 76ers have another game tonight mm-hmm. at Golden State. Yeah. He's not playing tonight either. At least I'd be shocked if he played tonight. It would be surprising. And now it's down to four. Now it's down to four games he can miss. I, I heard someone offer the opinion yesterday uh, that, or no, this morning, that uh, they're covering for him. They're co- they, they held him out in Portland because he didn't play in Denver. Right. Right, uh, and it's like it's it, and it's like really. I mean, are these the are these really the conspiracy theories? I guess we live in that kind of culture anymore. Again, but it's crazy. This is why we spend eight hundred dollars a ticket per game for Nigel to sit courtside. Yeah, so he can watch warmups, and it's garbage like that. It's garbage like that that bothers me when I listen. Don't sweat the small stuff. When I listen to sports talk radio in this town, was that a national show or a local? It show? It was a local show, right? You know what? Do your homework, seriously. Yeah, and they and they weren't. I, they were just offering the the theory. I can always not, come up not with, with not with the belief. I don't think that there was belief in it. So, right. um, but well, you, you know what? I tell you what. I think the only reason why Jokic had a triple double last night was he was missing shots on purpose. Yes. He was missing shots on purpose. So he could collect rebounds from his misses. Correct. He right. was trying to stat pad. Totally. There there are a lot of dumb people on social media, and you find that out pretty much every time you're on it. Unfortunately, that translates into the media as well. It does. It really does, and it really bothers me, and it doesn't mean that I am always right. It's just some of these opinions are so Neanderthalish, it is comical to me. When you have Ramona Shelbourne and Shams, who are two of the most highly respected NBA insiders, come out and say, when he was warming up, he could barely walk. And now we have Nigel telling us he saw the same exact thing. And you are still going with this narrative? Seriously? (sighs) Come on. Well... It's almost like it's hard to argue it's stupid. You just have to take a step back and say, you know what? I need to walk away from this because I'm becoming dumber by the minute being part of this conversation. Well, and and to the point that we talked about yesterday, and we it it and it bears going back to. And by the way, I think I know who you're talking about. If Nikola Jokic doesn't care, why the hell do we? Right. Or anyone out there. If Nikola Jokic doesn't give a damn about MVP votes in January or probably any time, why are we concerned about it? Here's going to be another great conspiracy theory. Embiid is afraid of Jokic so much, in fact, that he's intentionally trying to miss games. So where he won't have the opportunity to qualify because if he did, he knew he'd lose. Let me repeat that again. Embiid is purposely sitting games because he knows if he has to go head-to-head with Jokic, 
you won't win the award two years in a row. How do you like that for a conspiracy theory? Mm. Can, can you make the argument that that's true? Yeah, I suppose you can. If you're not taking your meds and all those voices in your head are telling you to do different things. Nikola Jokic is all about winning. And that's not to say that Joel Embiid isn't about winning. I think he is about winning. But he has made it abundantly clear. And 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 this is from someone, I, I'm neither here nor there on Joel Embiid. Yeah. I, I don't dislike him. I don't particularly champion his cause. He's a hellacious player. I respect that. I love watching him play. All, all of those things. But when you're being put back into games to to at the end of games that are 25-point blowouts to collect two rebounds to, co- right. to continue a 30-point, 10-rebound streak and things like The little things, the personal things matter to him. They just do. I- I'm going to pay you a compliment as well as former partners Les Shapiro, Andrew Mason, and Mike Pritchard. And I've had some other good partners. Mm-hmm. Thank God I have you as a partner, and thank God I had them. And I'll tell you why. I did have a partner one time on the, and I've been here for 15 years. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. I had a partner say to me, in order to cut down on concussions in football, they shouldn't wear helmets. And I sat there, and I wanted to lunge across the table because I'm thinking that is the dumbest freaking thing I have ever heard, and I just cannot engage in this conversation, or I'm going to lose my blank. I'm going to absolutely lose my cool because that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Thank God you're my partner because you don't say dumb things. It's not to say that I don't. You don't. And they didn't. This To me, this is intelligent conversation where you're not throwing out crazy things. So whoever you talked about on the air, and I think I know who you're talking about, you would have to literally chain me down (laughs) to not jump across the table because I just can't argue stupid. I can argue reasonable theories. I can't argue stupid. And oh, by the way, I think that Jokic has a much better chance of winning the MVP this year anyway with or without Embiid. I agree. For this reason alone. Because some of the votes that Embiid got last year were votes against Jokic for winning it three years in a row. Mm-hmm. And only three guys have done it. Russell, Chamberlain, and Bird. Some vote, while Embiid was excellent, some votes for Embiid were really protest votes that we can't put Jokic in that pantheon. Yeah, I agree with that. Now that it is not three years in a row... I think some of those votes would come back to him. Well, and one huge thing changed, too. Nikola Jokic is now an NBA champion and has won an MVP yes. in the NBA Finals. Yes. So it's a totally different kind of slate this year. Right. We'll see how it all plays out. Coming up after the break, CBS Sports had a great article titled Grading All First-Year College Head Football Coaches. We'll tell you what grade Deion Sanders got. And, oh, by the way, they just keep collecting guys now on defense in the transfer portal. And, oh, by the way, if we have time, we'll talk about this. Because I just thought about it recently, and I'm like, well, this would be an interesting topic. Both Sean Payton and Sanders improved their teams by a total of three wins each last season. 
three, both of them, three wins each as in terms of improvement. So which coach was better mm. in getting his team three wins better? That's next. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back, Morning Drive. Goodman and Hurdle, watch us mylifesports.com. You can reach us Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman next Tuesday. There's an auction for laser cutter machines, downdraft tables, tools, toolboxes. High-reach equipment, storage containers, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com. Backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Nola Jane Restaurant and Bar. Let Nola Jane spice up your next trip to Lodo with the best Cajun cuisine in Denver. CBS Sports had an article titled Grading All First-Year College Head Football Coaches. Deion Sanders... Got a C plus. This is what was written. Colorado got everything it dreamed about when it hired Sanders. Buffalo's ranked among the most viewed teams in college football this season after a 3-0 start, headlined by an overtime win against rival Colorado State, which uh, all due respect to Rams fans, that is pretty sad if that is the headline. All due respect to Colorado State. Jay Norvell's program is going in the right direction, but if that's your headline, well, that's the day that I figured out that Colorado was somewhat fraudulent. Okay. So if they continue to whether write, they were three and zero or not. So they continue to write at the same time. However, Colorado went one and eight in Pac twelve pay play for the second straight year. The second act should be fascinating. C plus. You agree with that? Sure. Why not? But I don't agree with. But but to me, that has more to do with the off the field. Yes, than it does on the field. Right. And um, now, it, it, in in college football, the, the adage is always, you are who you recruit. And they've got a chance, obviously, to continue to improve that grade um, very nicely. And they keep compiling now yeah. defensive players. Good for Deion Sanders. Absolutely. Good for this program. Yeah. But there's also a saying in the NFL. Winning the offseason doesn't mean you're going to win the regular season well, or in took, the playoffs. You just took the words right out of my mouth. And and But I think in this case, 
they'll be better. Yeah. Winning the recruiting battles doesn't always equate to winning games. Look and, at Texas A&M. Yeah. I, it's a very good example, in yeah. fact. Right? I thought of it myself. Yeah. I, now, there are plenty of others that, you know, that, that back it up. So, uh, the proof will be in the pudding. Yep. And, um, but, you know, I thought from a competitive standpoint, they didn't rise to the level that we had hoped that some thought that they would get to or that we had hoped. But the direction of the program has been changed. It is it is on an upward swing that if the pieces are put together nicely, Colorado will have something on their hands that is fantastic. Both Sean Payton and Sanders improved their teams each by three wins last season. Which coach overall, you got to look at the whole picture, was better? Peyton, because he coached. I mean, we've talked so much about about Dion as a delegator. How much we still don't really know how much day to day coaching Dion Sanders is doing. That's not to say that Dion Sanders isn't very capable. Hell, he's he's forgotten more football than I'll ever know. I'm mm-hmm. the first to admit it. I have nothing but respect for a guy that is in his shoes and in his place. Sean Payton was, if you're asking me a compare to the two guys, that's it. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton was hands-on every single day. And you can argue how much progress Sean made, but if we're comparing the three-game swings that both teams made, to me it was, I thought Sean Payton did a better coaching job Sean, because he coached. Sean Payton's a better coach. Yes. No reasonable person's going to argue that. But when you look at the body of everything... I think Deion Sanders did the better job. And I understand it was front-loaded. Mm-hmm. I get that. But Colorado State, the year before Sanders arrived, mm-hmm. was an absolute embarrassment. Right. Okay? I wouldn't say that the Broncos, the Broncos at times, specifically in that Rams game, were an absolute embarrassment. Under Hackett, there were many embarrassing moments but for the Bron- for the Buffs last year, pick a game, any game, they were embarrassing. He at least helped raise the water level mm-hmm. a little bit. And yes, the loss against Stanford was absolutely dreadful. Yeah. But at least the Buffs, for the most part, outside of the Oregon game and maybe a few other games, they went from absolutely unwatchable and a brutal football team mm-hmm to at least tolerable and and interesting and interesting to watch. Yeah. Okay. Interesting to watch the Broncos. I don't think they were necessarily like that outside of a couple of games under Hackett. Yeah. The offense was awful, but the defense was excellent. There were a lot of close games last year. Or under Hackett. Two years ago, right? Two years ago. There were a lot of close games. No question. So, who's a better coach? Sean Payton, without question. But I think Sanders did more for Colorado last year than Payton did. And now we're looking at an offseason where the question is, who has a better chance of having more wins this season? And I think it's an unquestioned Deion Sanders. 
because I see I see the Broncos taking a step back. Yeah, I that would be a tough one to bet right now. That that would be a tough one. Um, of course, you're playing 17 in the NFL. You're playing 12 in college football, right? I understand. So, and if eight's your number, yep. And by the way, the Broncos. For as, as high as they were with their winning streak, mm-hmm. they collapsed down the stretch. Mm-hmm. They were bad, specifically right. against New England, specifically against the Raiders. So they had a nice five-week stretch, just like the Buffs had a nice three-week stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two weeks difference. Yeah. Not a lot. I mean, I'm trying to think of a good football team that Colorado beat last year. When you get that, let me know. That's fair. TCU was not a good football team. I agree. Nebraska was not a good football team. I agree. And Colorado State was an okay football team. That might have been their best win. Yeah. But it was also the win, and I will repeat this at 3-0, and that to me raised the concern flags. Wait a minute, you're playing this team at home, and I realize that they're juiced beyond belief. Colorado State is going to play with a chip on their shoulder. They're going to play all in on this game. I totally get it. And you are beyond fortunate. You're lucky to win that football game. That concerned me, and we saw what we saw. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed That? After the Lions lost in the NFC Championship, we'll discuss the most snake-bit franchises in NFL history and who are the Broncos bringing in as VP of Player Personnel. We'll tell you next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Next Tuesday, there's an auction for laser cutter machines, downdraft tables, tools, toolboxes, high-reach equipment, storage containers, and more. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. The auction is opening right now. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. 
Alrighty, guys. Just in case you missed it, the Broncos are finalizing the hire of former Saints assistant scouting director Cody Rager in a VP role within their player uh, within their player personnel department. Rager will provide a fresh perspective for George Payton's staff and has a familiarity with Sean Payton from their time together down in New Orleans. Uh, what does bringing in Cody Rager as VP of player personnel mean for Sean Payton and George Payton? Well, it was Jeff Ireland's right-hand man, and they're the Saints are generally are pretty well respected for draft uh, and development. So, and, and, but it, but I mean, it's just this is right out of the Sean Payton playbook. I mean, he's going to people who he has worked with and who he trusts, and and whether that ends up working or not is still to be determined. We are in the midst of that process, so it doesn't surprise me at all if he was going to be making a move like this, I would say, well, who's on the staff in New Orleans? The only way to truly know if a guy is a great talent evaluator, there's only two ways to know. One, the guy is the final decision maker. That's one way to know. Mm -hmm. And number two, you sit in the room with this guy all the time and you listen to the guy that he pitches. Draft after draft after draft. I have no idea how good this guy is. Right. He could be fantastic, and he could be awful. So I really don't know. And anybody who claims they know doesn't know because you're not in the room, and the guy doesn't make the final decision. Bottom line is, I hope he works out. Yeah. I can't have an opinion on something where I have zero data points on those two things that I laid out. Yeah. Wait and see. Right. And the fact that he worked under Ireland who's a well-respected guy, that's fantastic. But for all we know, this guy pitches awful ideas, Could very well but he's well-liked. You could make the case that when George Payton was in Minnesota, they had some good drafts. Mm -hmm. Was that George Payton pitching, or was, was that Spielman, right. the guy who really knew what he was doing? I don't know the answer to that. I think we do now. I think you look, don't you look at George Payton as a pretty good draft assessor? Yes. I think I do. I mean, you know. You too. So that's, that's kind of where we're at there. Yes. Overall, I think he's had, I don't want to say more hits than misses, but I would say that overall, you look at guys who can play, just look at his first draft. There are five guys who are all contributing. Right. And Caden Stearns is not because he's always injured. All right, just in case you missed it, with the Lions falling one game short of the Super Bowl, some snakebit NFL franchises include the Lions, the Bills, the Browns, the Falcons, the Vikings, and the Chargers. Of those six teams, which team and fan base deserves a Super Bowl the most? Hmm. I'm going to go with the Bills because I have yeah. a because I have an affinity towards the city of Buffalo, and I work there. Although I lived in Atlanta as well. I won't give it to Atlanta because I'm sorry. That's SEC country. You, you, you've got the Georgia Bulldogs. You got Georgia Tech. Right. Yeah. So, so you're, you're not going to get that vote from me. The Browns had their hearts ripped through their tush by losing their team and then getting a team. Right. Detroit has been much maligned, and I understand that. You can make an argument honestly for any of those fan bases. And those fan bases will make the argument they should be on the top of the list. I think it's the Bills, though. And, and there's a certain part of the argument of, hey, at least you got to those games. Okay, but you never won any of them. And and I think that that probably, when you are 
that tantalizingly close to the ultimate goal and you can't get it, that rips at your heart. Detroit doesn't know about it because they've never been to a Super Bowl. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna parse it out differently. I'm gonna use the word parade as my word of the day. Give me each city. Okay. Detroit. Pistons parade. Uh, Buffalo. None. Cleveland. Cavaliers parade. One time with the with the big bell. Atlanta. Uh, Braves parade. Minneapolis. Twins parade. And L.A. Chargers. Too many parades. Yeah, to I mean, count. yeah, it's L.A. That that's why I'm going with Buffalo. They've never had a parade, although they've had lots of rallies after losing. That's why I'm going with Buffalo. I love the fan base in Buffalo. As do I. I think they are fantastic. I think you have to be an absolute knucklehead to jump into fire. But if that's what you choose to do, <laughs> as I said yesterday, like they said in the movie Airplane, yeah, right. they knew what they were getting themselves into. I say let them crash with third degree burns. But they pick up their dudes, man. And I love that about a I love that about a fan base. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk and do uh, any store. Try out the appliances before you buy them. You want to redesign your entire kitchen. They have a staff to do that for you. You want extra low pricing? Go see their clearance center. They have the trifecta of everything that you want. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, the Nuggets help Michael Malone get a career milestone in a defensive-minded game. 400 wins for Michael Malone. Many people look at Mike Shanahan as the greatest coach in Denver sports history. How close is Malone to Shanahan? That's next. 